those who may lament that the Bible may be considered boring, we get to the second prison break story in the last month. So may we rejoice in the drama uh, that fills the action that fills our scripture. You know, this is the word alive in the world, and the world is a crazy place. And the church, rather than shrinking back and retreating from the chaos of the world, engages with it. The church sees the world out there in all the chaos and says, we're not afraid of that. Because the God who made the entire universe is behind us. And so we then go out and engage with it. And get caught up in it. And trust that God works through us. Uh, But let us pray. Holy, gracious, awesome, intimate, eternal, loving, passionate, and precious God. We come to you today in the midst of spring. And we watch the world outside being transformed before our very eyes. And Lord God, we pray that you may turn our eyes inward, that we may see the transformation that is going on within us by the power of your Holy Spirit. You have gathered us together today for the purpose of worship so that we may be drawn closer to you so that we may set our rudder on a course that honors and glorifies you. And so Lord we pray as your word is read and proclaimed may everything that I say bring glory to you. May you transform my words into your word and may it speak directly to our hearts. May we be convicted To live with passion and grace. To be patient and wait upon you. To look for where and how you are at work in the world and to join in. May we worship you, Lord, in all we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is Acts 16, verses 16 to 40. It's going to be our text for today. I want you to picture two men. One is sitting in the innermost part of a jail, bound, his feet in the stocks. The other is the jailer, the one who can come and go as he pleases, the one who holds the key to the jail cell. So the question is, which one is free? I just want to let that question guide us today, we're talking about circumstances. We all have circumstances going on in our lives, right? Things that are going on around us, within us, that affect us. Things that that take place, that, that change how we see the world. Many of you know of my dietary adventures over the last year and a half. Um, if there is a diet out there, I have tried it. Right now, my diet, I have a list, and it's about 30 foods long of what I am allowed to eat in hopes that we can kind of reset my dietary system. And I'll be honest, it's frustrating. 
It's really frustrating when I think, Lloyd, you're up here talking about cheesecake, and I'm going in my mind listing all the ingredients in cheesecake and thinking how many of them I can actually eat. I haven't actually gotten to any of them yet. Maybe cinnamon. But it's really frustrating. I go to the grocery store, I open these cookbooks, and they have these mouth-watering recipes, and I get frustrated because I can't partake in those. You can only eat squash so many times. I make a mean acorn squash if you're interested. Spaghetti squash, butternut squash, trust me, I know how to cook squash. But my circumstances affect me and I get frustrated. I'll get disappointed, I'll get depressed. And it just bothers me. There's this, there's this troubling in my spirit sometimes. I get so caught up in my circumstances. I let how I feel dictate my spirit and my mood. Lord knows how patient Rachel is as she has tolerated and put up with all of this. And we all have that, right? I mean, you all know what it feels like to have things going on in your lives that affect how you feel. To, to have you know, bodily issues or mental issues and, and you struggle with them. And, and we get depressed. We have, we have things going on at home, at work, in our neighborhood, in our families. And we wrestle with them, right? Our circumstances surround us. And we feel overwhelmed. Our circumstances surround us and we wonder, will I make it? Can I make it? Do I have the strength to make it through this? And so I want to read from Philippians 4. I promise we'll get to the Acts text. I haven't forgotten about it. Philippians 4, chapter 12. Or verse 12. Paul says, I know what it is to have little. And I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well fed and of going hungry. Of having plenty and of being in need. Verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul has learned how to be content in any and all circumstances because his mind is so focused on God. His heart is so focused on Christ that whatever winds are blowing in the world around him, he is content within his circumstances because he's focused on Christ and the love of Christ. Whatever is going on, whatever forces are opposing him, he's at peace. Because he knows that there is nothing in the world that can separate him from the love of God. He knows that God will fight for him. He knows that God will not let him be destroyed. And so his circumstances do not affect his life. They don't affect his mood and his spirit. And so we're going to turn to this story in Acts 16. And this is Paul and Silas. So starting in verse 16, he says, One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, 
turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So for following along, Paul and Silas have been beaten with rods. They've been flogged. They're in their innermost jail cell. Their feet are in the stocks. They're bleeding, hurt, beaten down. These are bad circumstances, right? Verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They've gone crazy, right? We can, I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, you think, how can you pray and sing hymns to God in a time like this? They're so focused on the love of God and on the power of God. Their circumstances do not buffet their faith. It doesn't affect their spirit. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake, so violent the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he had supposed that the prisoners had escaped. This goes back to our earlier prison break. You know, the Romans didn't really like it when the jailers let all the prisoners free. And the Romans weren't known for their mercy, and so the, pris- or the, the jailers were all killed in the earlier in the earlier case. And this jailer too assumes that if the doors have opened wide, all the prisoners would have left because that's what prisoners do when jail cells open up of their own accord, right? They leave. And so this jailer assumes that he'll be killed and so he's about to take his own life. Verse 28, But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for life and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. What kind of confidence do you have to have in God to stay in a jail cell when you have been beaten and flogged, to trust God so securely that when the jail cell door opens up and the chains fall off your feet, you stay there because you trust God has something for you to do there. What kind of things do you have to believe about God to stay in a jail where you think you may be put to death because you trust 
God entirely and you trust that there is nothing the Romans can do to separate you from the love of God that will hold you forever. The jailer recognizes this confidence and this faith. And in verse 30 he says, Then he brought them outside and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Which is, I think, deep within us a question we all have. What must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At that same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. That's right, the jailer took Paul and Silas home and washed their wounds. This is what God can do. And what we see is God has orchestrated this amazing set of circumstances, one after another, all in the hopes that this jailer and his household might be saved. God is at work reaching out to bring this jailer and his family to faith in the only way possible. The jailer's mind is amazed at what he's seen in the faith of Paul and Silas. To stay in a prison with an open door. He's amazed that they are so confident in their God that they can pray and sing when they're in the innermost cell and their feet are bound and their backs ache from where they've been flogged and beaten. Because the thing is that Paul and Silas have such trust in God that they don't worry about themselves anymore. They're not worried about whatever circumstances are going on around them, even death. They're so confident that God will be with them, that nothing can separate them from the love of God. They're so confident that they've stopped worrying about themselves and they're free to worry about the other people around them. They're free to focus on the lives of the people around them and to invite them into that same kind of transforming faith. When we stop worrying about ourselves, we're free to focus on the people around us. When we stop trying to serve ourselves, we can serve others. When I stop worrying about how I feel and what I can and cannot eat, I have this energy I can dedicate to the people in my life around me. When we stop worrying about, about all of our anxieties, all of these circumstances, we have all this energy and we can then go forth and serve others. Because we're entirely confident that our God will do anything to save us. We're entirely confident that our God is faithful to His Word when He says, I will gather you in like lost sheep. I will do anything. I will stop at nothing to reach out to you and save you. Nothing shall separate you from my love. When we realize that in the depths of our soul, we recognize that all of our circumstances, they can't hurt us. They can't harm us. They can't tear us away from the loving hand of God. Paul and Silas have realized that. And so they can sit in jail with aching backs and sing. They can stay in jail and keep on singing when the doors open wide because it doesn't matter. Because they are in the arms of God. And they can see this jailer 
And they can reach out to Him and invite Him into that same relationship. And we see, they get actually a little stubborn about it in verse 35. It says, When morning came, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported the message to Paul, saying, The magistrates sent word to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. So they've told Paul he can go free. But Paul replied, They have beaten us in public, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. Now are they going to discharge us in secret? Certainly not. Let them come and take us out themselves. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them. And they took them out and asked them to leave the city. After leaving the prison, they went to Lydia's home. And when they had seen and encouraged the brothers and sisters there, they departed. Paul and Silas had such confidence in God's love. And it is my hope, this isn't something we get in a day, but oh, day after day, and week after week, and month after month, and year after year, and decade after decade of leaning into the promises of God, God does a work in us. The more we recognize how faithful God is, the more we realize that there is nothing that can separate us from His love. That God will do anything to orchestrate our salvation. And the more confidence we take in that, the less afraid we are of the things around us. And the less afraid we are of the things around us, the more energy we have to serve others and invite them to come and know the God who loves fiercely and passionately and eternally. Jesus prepared a place for us. May we never worry about anything because it cannot separate us from the love of God. May we trust completely in what God has for us. Let us pray. Gracious God, I pray that you may free us from anxiety about our circumstances. I pray that you may free us from worry. For Lord, may we trust that we are in your love. May we trust that you who orchestrates the salvation of all, that we may trust in you, that you are faithful to your promises. And may you free us from worry and invite us to spend that energy serving others and inviting them into the eternal covenant of Jesus Christ and our Lord and our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.